Hello, hello, everybody. This is Matt coming at you with a review for the movie Mortal Engines. Mortal Engines, Mortal Engines. What can I say? I actually have quite a bit to say about this, but here's the deal first and foremost. Peter Jackson is partly responsible for my love of movies. In fact, I say he played a, an integral part in that and in inspiring me and in the magic that they provide. You know, Lord of the Rings in the early 2000s was something I had never seen before. It was magical. It was the combat, the basically the perfect combination of practical and special effects, the of great, great screenwriting, superb casting and the subsequent acting. The cinematography was fantastic, and that music, Howard Shore's musical score alone does more for me than almost any other musical score out there, probably any musical score out there. And that is saying something because I really idolize John Williams in a lot of ways, but I, I digress. Having said that, when I hear Peter Jackson is coming out with a new movie, I automatically say right off the bat, take my money. I don't even care, good or bad. Of course, I'm going to go see this movie. It's Peter Jackson. And even though uh, Mortal Engines is not directed by Peter Jackson, it's directed by Christian Rivers. But Peter Jackson, with his typical trio of writing team, including Philippa Boyens and Fran Walsh, come together to write the screenplay. And they also produced the film. And uh, so they, they are an integral part of, of this movie. Just because he didn't direct it doesn't, doesn't mean he's not a part of it. But I guess uh, so that I just wanted to give you that background because that is why I get so excited when there's a Peter Jackson movie that comes out. And I, I got to say, ever since Lord of the Rings, there hasn't been anything that's been super magical coming from Peter Jackson. Although I hope that I am proven wrong this Tuesday when I get to go see the movie uh, they, they Shall Not Grow Old that he did about World War I. It's, it's playing for a short time, I think just the 17th and maybe the 27th of December. It's just a limited release in theaters. I highly recommend that you go see this movie, support it, because it is actually groundbreaking. And I'll talk more about that on Tuesday when I go see it. Back to Mortal Engines. Mortal Engines is the adaptation of a book by Philip Reeve, which I happen to have read prior to this because, you know, I, I've been, ever since I heard Peter Jackson was working on this movie, which has been a while, it, it, he's, it's been in the works for quite some time now, I decided I needed to check out the book and see what it was all about. So I got the audio book that I could listen to on my commute to and from work. Finished that up, and, and it was not a bad little story. It was it was pretty fun. I haven't read the sequels yet, but that yeah, that first book was a nice, concise story, and it was it wasn't bad. It was interesting, and uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I don't have anything against that book or anything. Mortal Engines, the adaptation, is a little bit different, uh, a different story, I'd say, and I'll and I'll explain why that is. But just by way of introduction, it is the story of. I guess in this case specifically, mostly about uh, a girl named Hester Shaw, played by Hera Hilmer's daughter. Hilmer's daughter. I don't know how to say it. It's a foreign last name that I am ignorant in the way of pronouncing, but she does a good job. And it's interesting that it's about her so much because in the book, I feel like the focus was much, much more on the journey of Tom 
the the main character in that book, Tom Natsworthy, and he plays an, a significant role in this, and he's played by Robert Sheehan. Two two character or two actors I'm not really familiar with, but they did a fine job. They they really I think will appeal to the young adult audience, the YA audience that it's pro- probably really targeted toward. And anyway, yeah. So those are the two main characters. There's other actors in there as well, and they and they do fine. There's no one in there that's like, oh man, that person was terrible or anything like that. No, every everyone does a good job. It's it's not bad acting. Uh, as far as the characters, though, themselves, they're pretty underdeveloped in a lot of ways. They do come together at the end a little bit more. You only care about them enough to probably not roll your eyes. That's that's the extent of how much you end up caring for these characters. They're just not developed enough. The, and their motivation throughout the movie is just so unclear. In each scene, I would ask myself, okay, what does this character want to accomplish? What is What's their mindset? What are they thinking? You know, what what are they trying to accomplish? And most of the time I couldn't answer. I mean, sometimes it's obvious, but other times you're just like, what what are what are where is this story even leading us to? You know, what is the what are the goals of these characters? It's not very explicit in the movie. I mean, the the plot points come together just fine, but the characters themselves seem to be not the ones making those decisions it's like the the things happening around them are what makes the plot points drive which to me is a problem because i i want the characters to be deliberate in a lot of things even if things happen to them i want them to be agents unto themselves and uh anyway that's a philosophy discussion for another time but but pretty much yeah the 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 characters are underdeveloped the story is a little bit convoluted the movie is certainly much longer than it needed to be. In fact, uh, let me check the running time here. The uh, it just to me just felt really long. And and you know Peter Jackson is notorious for long running times. It's over two hours, so it's two hours and nine minutes. It felt longer than that. It felt like we're going two and a half hours on this thing. And and uh, I there were kind of some false endings like he's famous for as well. But that, that that being said, yeah, it probably could have been trimmed down to an hour and a half, I think. If the characters had clear motivations and and the audience knew those things. And as I say that, I'm also thinking about some moments in the film, in the movie, where the writers... So there, there's kind of this joke that, go, that, that goes around when you have to give so much exposition with dialogue. You know, there there's... The situation where there's two brothers sitting together and and uh, and they say, "Oh, hey, how long have we been brothers again?" You know that that type of thing, where it's obvious to them they would never say that, but they're they're pandering to the audience basically with that dialogue, letting the audience know like how long they've known each other or what have you. And it's a joke. It's just that's being facetious, but they do it all the time in in movies and in television where the dialogue serves no purpose other than to inform the audience. And that's not the best way to tell a story. It, it means you don't trust your audience very well to pick up on visual cues, or you're not a strong enough storyteller to be able to tell the story from the visuals alone. And you're, or maybe you're just not thinking to do that. But I, the, the less you have to explain explicitly, I think the better, if you can keep it implicit. 
And I'm not saying there's not a place for that. Maybe you, you use dialogue to fill in some of the gaps here and there, but if it was just a little too much of that going on for the exposition, not enough trusting the audience for this movie. When I lived in Ecuador, I was there for two years. There was this drink called Pony Malta. It's pretty much a it's it's a non-alcoholic drink, but it's made from barley. It pretty much it tastes like raisin bran. The first time I had it, though, I just thought it was super nasty. It was not good. Later on, I discovered that after about nine tries of this drink, it really became just the best thing you could ever get your hands on. You get an ice cold pony Malta. And it was it was just the best. It would just hit the spot and refresh you. It was so good. But yeah, before those nine times, and it would progressively get better. It just was like, oh, what am I drinking? This tastes like raisin bran. But um, the the reason I say that is because I think this movie at the beginning is is worse. Like at at the beginning of the movie, as I was watching it, I'm like, what grade am I going to give this thing? I wonder. Right now, I'm kind of sitting at a D, D plus somewhere in there. At the middle of the movie, so I I tried the drink a few more times, maybe. I felt, okay, what am I going to give this? Maybe a D plus or a C minus? And then at the end of the movie, I'm like, okay, I think I'm in the C range. C minus or a C, right? The thing is, I never got to love the movie enough to really love it, to want to go back to it. Uh, I didn't get the nine tries of the drink, right? Where I really, really ended up loving it. I probably ended up on like the fifth drink where the taste was familiar and tolerable, but not entirely likable. So I I did end up in the C range. I gave, I'm going to give it a C because I think the ending was a lot stronger than the rest of the movie. It felt exciting to watch. It was fun to see the characters come together and uh, see their goals being accomplished and all that. I just wish that I could have seen that throughout the whole movie instead of just at the end. The CGI is spectacular. There's no complaint there. All the visuals are really nice. But, you know, what else do you expect to come out of the Weta Workshop workshop in New Zealand with Peter Jackson's team? They know what they're doing. You know, they're really good. Uh, They know their way around a computer. Let's just say that what I would really like is something at some point for Peter Jackson to make that is really just going to blow me away. It's it's really going to take me to another place like Lord of the Rings did. And I, I just had such a good time with Lord of the Rings. I loved it so much and it was such a joy and it still brings joy to me to this day, even just watching the special features. Mortal Engines is not that, you know, I, I'm not saying it's not a, horrible movie it's not one that i would absolutely refuse to see again i'd be curious to see it again maybe when if the next movie came out or something i'd I'd revisit it it's not awful it's really not if people are giving this like a failing grade it's not a failing movie it's it's just simply a c movie it it needs to be stronger character wise it needs to be stronger with the uh character motivations and that sort of thing it's fine in the acting Visuals are stunning. The pacing of the movie is is way off. It's it's quite slow paced until the end. I think there are moments here and there, but I do I do feel like it gets a lot stronger toward the end. Like my analogy with the drink. But anyway, I I, I would love to hear what you guys think of this movie. 
I would, I'm really interested what your experience was as you watched it. Have you read the book? Have you not read the book? I haven't heard of a lot of people reading this book. I, I really wonder, why did Peter Jackson choose this? Why did he pick this? Maybe just because he thought, oh, man, I could make some cool visuals out of that. I don't know. Anyway, join our conversation on Twitter at Geek Nerd Tangent. I would really love to hear from you. Give us a like on Facebook. Review us on iTunes. All of those things are going to help us progress and move on as a podcast and uh also something that will really help is if you share the podcast amongst your friends you know share it on your social media let people know that there's something some good material out there some good movie reviews some good um geek nerd tangent type of discussion i would love it if you would share this material with your friends as well and with that being said this is matt with another matt movie review